Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that was harder to live. Here's your host, Simo Bucket. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 60, episode 60 on a TNT Thursday, yeah, Thursday, January 28, 2016, the final Thursday of January for the 2016 NBA season, 2015-2016 NBA season on January, in January for 2016, it is a TNT Thursday, there are five games on in the NBA tonight. We will preview those for you along with recapping what happened in the world of the NBA today. I don't know where Andrew's at. I can't see him in the studio quite yet. Uh, once he does get in here, we'll we'll talk to him and we'll get him going. Maybe he won't show up. Who knows? He's probably a very, very busy man uh, for what he's doing right now. And again, 10 a.m. Pacific right now, 1 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to call into the FanDuel Studios, my name is Simo Buckets. Here in on the CLNS FanDuel Studios through blogtalkradio.com, my phone number is 323-642. One five five eight, and and there's some there's been some interesting news as of late. Uh, a couple of things I want to get to on the show. The show's only going to be about a half an hour today. Not much to really get to. Just some news, new newsworthy things. A couple rants I want to get to. Uh, obviously, I want to talk about my All Star Game reserves and who I think should be in for the All Star Game uh, in tonight's All Star Game reserve announcement on TNT. Obviously, episode sixty here on the Hoopers Log. If you'd like to call in again, the fan number, the fo- eh, the phone number is. 323-642-1558 is the number. Uh, a couple of things in the world of college basketball, too. Nothing else much more than that. And some some off-the-topic news stories that I saw that I really wanted to kind of get into a little bit. If you'd like to call in, again, the phone number, 323-642-1558 is the number. Well, I don't see Andrew on the line, so let's just get it started. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Okay, so there were eight games in the NBA last night. Clearly, uh, one of those one of those nights where it, it felt like okay. So, for those of you that are older, um, for those of you that are older NBA fans or fans that definitely watched basketball back in the '80s and definitely in the '90s and things like that, this set of game setups on Wednesday felt like Magic and Bird. It really did. Now, I'm not saying that it is Magic or Bird or that it's comparison. I'm just saying from the standpoint of how ESPN set it up, it reminded me of, okay, now they're just locking in the best teams in the NBA, which is the Spurs and Warriors. And clearly the Warriors are the best team in the NBA. But they had the Spurs on in the early game against the Houston Rockets, and they beat the Rockets by 31. And then they locked in the Golden State Warriors, who won by 20. 
over the Mavericks. And that game was much closer than the score indicated. Trust me, it was a lot a lot closer in the third and fourth quarter as the Mavericks hung in there. And they played re- rather well. Klay Thompson was the performer of the night. He had 30, he had 45 points, five rebounds, and a couple steals. Uh, excuse me, a couple blocks as he had a 52 on the whiteboard with the performance skill. The 45 points got him on there alone. Dominating performance by him, but honestly, it was his performance that got this team over the hump. They were the team really to beat the 42 and 4. Think about this, people. All this team has to do now is go 31 and 5, and they will break the all time record in the regular season when it comes to wins. That'll be. The, the, that's that's again that's one of their tests that I mentioned yesterday when it came to the or a couple of days ago when it came to this team and their success and their legacy for for the all time greats they're already the best team in the NBA right now I mean there's no one near them I mean win win wise the Spurs obviously are right there they won one thirty to ninety nine they beat the Rockets Lamarcus Aldridge got a whiteboard worthy performance twenty five points ten rebounds five assists a fifty on the whiteboard performance scale by the way Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, turning off and deactivating his Twitter account so that he could lock in. And he was saying that it wasn't because of the Warriors' loss on Monday. I I believe him. He really has been struggling as of late, and hopefully he can lock in and get this team back to to the level we know they can get, which they're already at a high level. They're playing unbelievable, 25-0 at home, uh, 31-point win over the Rockets. Uh, Again, they're playing outstanding, and he's playing amazing, but he definitely has been struggling compared to what he's done over the last two or three seasons when he was in Portland. So uh, the Spurs hanging in there again, 130-99 to over the Rockets, getting it done there. And both games on ESPN, and really both two of the best teams in the NBA locking it in on national television. I mean, this is kind of what it feels like heading down the stretch here towards the All-Star break as the best teams in the NBA are on national TV everywhere you go. I mean, the Spurs are locked in to play the Cavs on Saturday. Uh, clearly that's going to be the game to watch. There's some unbelievable college basketball matchups over the weekend, which we'll get to later on. Um, but though, that, that's what happened on the national TV outlook last night as both two of the best teams in the NBA absolutely dominated at home, both now extending their home winning streaks. The Spurs are 25-0 and at home, and the Warriors are now 22-0 and at home. I mean, you're talking about just historical, legendary stuff we're seeing from both of these teams, and who knows? Maybe the Spurs can finish the season with 65-70 wins themselves, and the Warriors are the team to beat in the West. It, it's, it, is, it, it, is, it is turning into legendary stuff here as both teams keep winning and keep winning at a astronomical level. The Jazz beat the Hornets last night in other games, uh, 102-73, to dominating there. Gordon Hayward, 22 points for the Jazz. As they get back on, back on, the, back on the horse and they win the game by, uh, by 29 points, uh, the Jazz. Excuse me there. Jazz win, 102-73 to again, 20-25 and 25 now. Again, hanging around at the bottom portion of the Western Conference. As I mentioned before the month began, this was separation month. We're seeing it in the Eastern Conference. We're seeing what we expect now when it comes to the overall standings of where everyone's going to be. It looks like the top eight seeds in the East are going to stay where they are, and the three teams, maybe even four teams at the bottom behind them in Charlotte, New York, Washington, and Milwaukee could potentially sneak up and bite one of those teams but it really looks like these eight teams in the East are who are they going to be in. In the West, there's a couple teams fighting for a back spot behind the Portland Trailblazers. It's Sacramento Kings and the Utah Jazz. That's what it's looking like in the Western Conference, and this is what we all expected coming into January. There was going to be separation occurring, and it's happening. It has happened, and going into February, we're ultimately going to know who are the teams to beat and who are the teams to reach for in the NBA. Other games to mention, obviously, from last night, 
Thunder beat the Timberwolves 126 to 123. Russell Westbrook again another wife away the performance. He got performance of the night, 24 points, 15 assists, 8 rebounds, a 62 on the way for the performance scale as they destroy. Well, I wouldn't say destroy, but they came back and beat the Timberwolves 126-123. to Zach Levine, he had an outstanding game, 35 points, 2 rebounds, and an assist. He was outstanding in that one as the Thunder are now 35-13. and Think about this, they're only about four games back of the San Antonio Spurs. They're right there in contention to be a top-two seed in the NBA. Who knows? They could be there. By the end of the year, who knows? Maybe they just stay where they're at and they contend with a team like the uh, the, the Spurs in the second round of the postseason come April or May. Excuse me for the yawns. I apologize for that. Clippers beat the Hawks 85-83. Again, the Clippers hanging in there. 30th win of the season, now 85-83. and 83. Uh, Again, that's a big-time victory for the Clippers with all the drama that's going on with Blake Griffin and – in the locker room and, 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 and Doc Rivers and all this stuff. The Clippers are still hanging in there, and they're playing fantastic basketball. Getting victories when, when they least expect it. It is, it is one of those things where the, the L.A. Clippers are a team looking like – they're looking like a team kind of, of, of a strange destiny and a strange – they have a strange mantra to them because they don't have a team really with a lot of, I guess what you would say – it factor right now because they're just not really there altogether. But they're beating teams that they really shouldn't be beating or at least competing with, and they're still hanging in there. Thirty and sixteen is no joke at this point as they keep trudging along. Andre DeAndre Drummond, nineteen rebounds, an unbelievable performance there. But the Clippers they keep chugging along. They're now thirty and sixteen, still at the fourth spot in the West. Speaking of the Pistons, we got Andrew Norris on the line. Andrew, what's up, man? What is going on? I keep forgetting that we changed the time of the show. My bad. Uh, because of that, I don't have a ton of time, but I am here, and I am ready to talk. Yeah, uh, the the Pistons, they beat the 76ers last night, 110-97. to Andre Drummond, wiper-worthy performance, 25 points, 18 rebounds, and two steals. He was outstanding in this one. The Pistons just keep chugging along in the East, and I just mentioned in the Eastern Conference, the, the, the Eastern Conference is looking like the conference really – to really, really, really to stay where it's going to be. I don't really see any other teams outside of maybe uh, New York or Washington or maybe maybe Milwaukee that are going to slip up into the playoffs. This is really looking like the eight teams in the postseason for the Eastern Conference are going to stay where they're at the rest of the year. And the Pistons, they're right there, man. I mean, they're a team in the middle of the pack, sixth spot in the East. Who knows? They could be at the they could be at the three spot before the season begins. Maybe even the two. You never know with the Eastern Conference. Andrew, what do you see from your Pistons so far? Yeah, they're impressive. Last night they weren't that impressive, but, uh, I mean, you're going to have an off night, especially when you're getting ready for the Cavaliers yeah. to come to town on Friday. But the, the amazing part about this team is they've beaten the Warriors, the Cavs, uh, they beat the Heat twice, the Pacers twice, they've beaten the Celtics, uh, they've beaten... I, I want to say all eight teams currently in the playoffs of the Eastern Conference they've beaten are all other seven. Um, yeah. They beat up on good teams. They they need to mature, grow up, and start to beat down the bad teams because, you know, there are a few bad losses away. They beat Golden State, came back and lost. I can't remember who the following game was to, but they lost to an under 500 team. They lost to, to Sacramento when they were 1-8 and eight or whatever. They lost to the Lakers. Um, you know, there are a few games away where if they would have stepped up their play, they would be in contention for that two-seed or that three-seed. And not to say they're out of contention, but they'd be right there. Um, so this team needs to mature, 
But other than that, I love their play. I love their play in the second half last night against the 76ers. The 76ers were confident last night. They played good ball, and the Pistons still came away with it. If you would have looked at just the box score, it was, it was a weird game. Uh, Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, all of all the Pistons had fantastic numbers, shooting percentage, everything, fantastic. And if you saw those numbers and you said they did this against Philadelphia, you'd say, oh, they won by 40. Uh, for everybody who hasn't looked at the box score, go look at the box score without looking at the actual score. Um, and it was a lot closer than that. It was even closer than the final score indicated. They they took a lead with like a minute left and hit a couple threes. But it was uh, it was definitely uh, interesting. They just need to grow up. And I, I don't know, if you're a team in the Eastern Conference, you don't want to play them in the playoffs. You know, there's so it's much very, talent yeah. on this team. You don't want to play them. They, they, they beat the Bulls twice. Like I said, the Pacers twice, the Heat twice. They, what team wants to play them? What team in the East, not named the Cavaliers, because they match up against everybody well, matches up against the Pistons well? None of them. Not a single one. And that's, that's Andre Drummond mixed with Reggie Jackson. That causes that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a circumstance right now for the Pistons. Honestly, it's kind of like they're kind of like a macro version of the uh, Orlando Magic right now. The Orlando Magic are a team that are young, they're not there yet when it comes to experience, and they're just not quite talented enough yet. And it's not that they're not talented. They're just not there yet when it comes to their development. But the Pistons are that team that is just – they're there right now. The problem is they're at a step where they're not quite, like you said, mature enough to really take on these tough teams on a regular basis. Or even a, even a, even an off night, an off team, you know, they, they can't really – fully put them away every night. And and once they touch that level, and who knows, that could be the case here over the next couple of months, uh, definitely after the All-Star break. You never know. This team, like you said, could be the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. And I'm not so sure to say that the Eastern Conference isn't more wide open now, considering the fact that the, the Cavaliers are, you know, they have a coach now where I really am shaky on, on projecting them to come out of the East. And I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, Dave, losing David Blatt was the worst thing to ever happen. But to have this turmoil of saying LeBron's a coach killer and to say things of this nature and all this other crap going on with the Cavaliers, I, I think that, honestly, there's going to be some shakeup and even more shakeup in that organization before the trade deadline. And I wouldn't be shocked if it rattles some cages and makes that team a little less, uh, what would you say, firepower or, or I wouldn't say less hungry, but they just they seem less confident now than they did before they fired David Blatt. Some reason it, it just – it changes the, the foundation of that organization, get, getting rid of a head coach the way they did, which made absolutely no sense. Now, if David Blatt had gone on like a 10-game losing streak and had a healthy team, I would get it. But this team has been playing outstanding, and they got rid of a guy. And again, I know it's been a, been a week now since it happened, but it's still mind-blowing the fact that they got rid of a guy at 30-11, and 11 and nothing wrong was happening. They were playing fine. They were playing great, and, and LeBron – is, is saying behind people's back, oh, I didn't know that he would get fired. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, right, man. Come on. You, you had a serious hand in this dealing. And now the whole team is yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, what's going on? You know, and so and that's why I'm thinking, I'm thinking this team is a lot less confident going forward. Here's where I disagree. Uh, I, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers did what I wish every team would do in the entire NBA. They put the record aside they looked at who they have in David Blatt. They looked at who they have in LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and they looked at the play, okay? Now, they they looked at it and they said, well, 
these players don't get along with David Blatt. There was a report came out that in practices he was scared. He would blow phantom whistles for the big three. In timeouts he would freeze up and draw, draw in players that weren't in the game. Um, and they made the decision that they believed got them closer to a championship, which from watching the last two games, I'm not going to disagree. Tyron Lue's been coaching this team for six days. He's had six days to install his offense, and they already have their two highest assist totals of the entire season, 34 last night and 32 the other day. They, they're, since he took over, they have two 30-plus assist games. They're doing exactly what they weren't doing before. They're doing exactly what made them lose first, what made them lose to the Warriors. They picked the perfect time to do it because they got to play the Suns and they got to play the Timberwolves. What a better time to install an offense is when you can work out the kinks in-game. David Blatt wasn't working out from a personality standpoint, and from what you hear, he wasn't working out from a coaching standpoint. If everything was – it's kind of like when that – that that player goes out in baseball, he'll hit 35 home runs, but he'll hit 210, and he'll have, you, you know, he'll hit 210, and all those home runs were solo shots. It that it wasn't good enough, and it, but somebody still thinks that he should be signed to a 200 million dollar contract. From everything you heard, everything you saw, I don't think anybody after that, like me, Stan Van Gundy is the coach of the Pistons. Uh, I, if David Blatt was open right now, I would, I would fire David Blatt ten times before I fired Stan Van Gundy. And they want a coach on the caliber of these other coaches, of the Steve Kerr's. I mean, when when you have this great team, and you, and it's not all on David Blatt, of course. It's just as much on the team. But you're not going to be able to change the team uh, as much as you can change the coach. It's they they made the decision that they thought fit their franchise, not that fit the narrative of, oh, he had a high winning percentage. Well, guess what? He has LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Iman Shumpert, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson. He better have a high winning percentage. It's about the big moments, the big plays. You're down two games to one against the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you draw up a play for somebody not named LeBron James to shoot? Are you nuts? It wasn't Kyrie Irving either. It was a J.R. Smith he drew it up to shoot for. I, I don't care. If, I don't care if LeBron's shooting seven percent from the field. You draw the play up for LeBron James. Yeah. He, he's a guy who who couldn't who, from what I saw even with my own eyes. After I heard that, I wa- I went back and watched film. And I'm not you know this all mighty NBA. You know I can see a play and say exactly what everybody did. I'm not that, but I have coached. I have coached basketball. I do know how to draw up a play, and I'm not comparing myself to David Blatt, but I know how to look at a play and see what it is. And his plays were lost. Off the, off the out-of-bounds, it was inbound it, play ISO. There was no inbound it, have a pass, have a guy open under the rim. You go look at Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr draw up a sideline inbound pass. It's like art. Watch David Blatt do it. Yeah. It's a freaking mess. Dude. Yeah, I agree. And hey, here's the thing, though. And and and, and on the other note, okay, so it, here you're in the Hoopers Log here, CLNS Radio on January 28th, 2016, episode 60 here on the Hoopers Log. But one thing I wanted to say before I get to that point: Celtics win over the Nuggets, one one eleven to one o three. Another game from last night. Cavaliers also beat the Suns, one fifteen to ninety three. Again, as we mentioned 
we're talking about the Cavs. Uh, Tyron Liu is now the Eastern Conference All-Star Game coach. Now, and I, and, and, I, and I wanted to mention another point to your argument, which I, I actually think is a pretty good perspective on it. But my perspective is this. It's, I look at it more of the overall overlapping perspective. And you're right. David Blatt, his offenses were a mess. They were a hodgepodge. They weren't quite figured out yet. But David Blatt is also coming from a completely different background in the NBA, whereas Tyron Lue's been preparing for this for the last, I don't know, 10 years. He's been, he's been or five years, he's been prepping as an assistant coach in the NBA. And he's seen the NBA game. He's more associated with the NBA game. David Blatt really came in in 2014, summer of 2014, and, and, and was given the keys to the car really, really quickly, where he should have probably come in as an assistant coach at first. Not saying Tyron Lue should have come in as the head coach first, but what I'm saying is that David Blatt should have gone to an organization, watched some more NBA film, and then had a chance to get all uh, affiliated with that. You can't just throw a guy in who all of a sudden he was great overseas and then have him coach, you know, uh, you know, coach for a long time for a team where he has no experience. It's the same thing with a guy like Steve Kerr, where Steve Kerr got lucky being handed a team in Golden State, where let's be honest, Mark Jackson really influenced that team's uh, abilities going forward and really installed the toughness. Steve Kerr kind of just was handed the keys to, to the Bugatti, really. He was handed the keys to the Bugatti. That, let's just be honest. And uh, Mark Jackson was the one that built that Bugatti from scratch. Because he was the one who got them going. And then Steve Kerr really was the driver of that car. So um, that's kind of where I feel with Tyron Liu. And not saying that David Blatt's built this team. I think David Blatt was, was trying to build with this team. And, and I agree with you from the standpoint of, yes, uh, chemistry-wise, he wasn't fitting. Chemistry-wise, something wasn't going. But to fire him in the middle of the year and to have other guys being rumored as, you know, LeBron, other players, other circumstances, and, 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 the, and the owner, and, and, just, and, just, and things happening to get rid of a guy because he doesn't match or mesh, that, 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 that irks me because the guy was still growing within the NBA from that perspective. Now, from the perspective of you mentioned of getting every – like you said, from the standpoint of Tyron Liu coming in at a time when it was, it was the easiest for him to install his, his system – I agree with you on that. I think that's actually a genius idea. But considering that David Blatt was still figuring it out, and yeah, maybe they should have given him a chance to figure it out with a team less suited to go to the NBA Finals like the Cavs. Maybe they should have given him a chance on a team like maybe the Suns, Nuggets, a team that's new, a team that's young, a team that's not there yet. Time to see what he can do. But yeah, I agree with you. I think maybe giving him a Cavs job was a little too much expectations, too much of a burden to, to swallow. But at the same time, the guy was still growing with the team, and maybe he wasn't growing with the team because he, he wasn't working with the team. He wasn't necessarily working with the guys. But it's still unfair from the overlapping perspective of he was, like people have said in the media, he was set up to fail. Honestly, if he didn't work out and the players didn't like him, he was going to fail. And that's what happened. And what's sad yeah. is he wasn't really failing. He wasn't really failing. So that's what's interesting to me. But the, the thing is, he – this isn't a team that has time to grow and, and, and you know, years to to groom a head coach. He came in when he got hired. It was Kyrie Irving. It was Dion Waiters. That was their second best player, Dion Waiters. LeBron wasn't there yet. Kevin Love wasn't there yet. Uh, I don't even think they had the number one pick yet. No. And, and he, he did get thrown into a bad situation, but a year and a half in, it doesn't matter. You, when you have LeBron James, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, the expectation is to win a championship 
to be the favorite to win a championship, and whenever you play the best teams in the league, you're right there with them. He did not get them to that level, and he needs to do a better job at getting them to that level. Yeah, and I and well, I and whoever, I, I mean, whoever I, he coaches in the future. Well, and I agree, and 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 it's just it's hard because it's like man, thirty and eleven playing really. What would you call it? it's like? It's like the Cavs before they fired David Blatt to me felt like a a slow moving tank. Like they were they were already really good. I mean, they were already really good. They just weren't. They just weren't. They weren't the Warriors. They weren't the Spurs. But they're not going to be the Warriors or the Spurs. They're the Cavs. They're a team that is still loaded offensively, talented, when healthy. They're the best. They're they're probably the best team in the NBA when healthy because they can compete against teams like the Spurs. They 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 got beat by the Warriors, but the Warriors are on a whole other level right now. We we we've seen that. But it, but now it's like, and I see and I see where you're coming from of them building a new thing with with Tyron Lue. But it's just it's fascinating to me that they're reacting this way because. Here on CLNS Radio, we talk about the Celtics a lot. And what's interesting is that you got a team in Boston where they had Brad Stevens, where last year he was in the same predicament that the Cavs are in right now of, granted, a whole different scenario of rebuilding and really understanding the process of where this team was and obviously not having a superstar player. We, I get that. But fans hated Brad Stevens about a year ago. They hated him. They wanted him out about a year ago at this time. They wanted him gone. And now they're a team that's in the middle pack of the Eastern Conference. They're competing without a superstar. They're this no, they're, they're this no-name team, maybe outside of a team, a guy in uh, Jay Crowder. They're really a no-name team doing well in the East. But the fans wanted his head. The fans wanted David Blatt's head. Uh, you know, uh, the team wasn't really gelling with Brad Stevens a whole bunch. But 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 at the same time, the guy kept going and. That's where I guess it's just different with the Cavs, and and, and it's just all on a whole. They're speaking of the Cavs, though. Tyron Lue getting Eastern Conference All-Star Game coach. He was named it yesterday. First of all, I don't want to really rant on this because I guess it's not that big of a deal because it's just the All-Star Game. But at the same time, how disrespectful is that to a guy in Dwayne Casey where, first of all, it would work out perfect for Toronto because it's in Toronto. They're the second-best team in the East, and it's, it's by far. They're the second-best team in the East by far. They're not, gonna, they're not better than the Cavs, but to put a guy – in who is who who has who's two and one or three and one or two and one or three and one now in the NBA, and then to have a guy in Golden State in Luke Walton, who let's be honest, I understand he's not the head coach, but the guy is the co- is the first half coach of the year. There's no debate. He is he is the greatest first half coach in NBA history, and that will never be debated considering what they did. They had the best first half start in NBA history, and he was the assistant head coach. And he was taking over for the guy who wasn't there. And I know he's not quote unquote eligible, but neither should Tyron Lue. The guy just stepped in for a guy who got fired a week ago, and now he's taking over the All Star game. That's the part where I just it doesn't match to me. It doesn't make sense. And if you're gonna have Greg Popovich take over as the head coach for the West, who in the second best team in the West are they're not the best team. They just got their butt blown out by Golden State on Monday, and then you're gonna name him as the head coach of the All Star team in the West. That makes no sense. And then you put David, you put you put Tyron Lue in as a guy who just the the other head coach got fired. But you're not going to put in Dwayne Casey, the guy who's been there all year, who's made Toronto now a second best team in the East, and it's in Toronto for gosh sakes. It, it doesn't make sense to me how that is what the NBA comes up with when considering they have all these other guys to pick from. At least they could have picked they could have picked Mike Budenholzer. He was coach of the year last year. 
I mean, they could have picked two guys, but instead they picked the guy who replaced someone else. It makes no sense. They can't. Uh, I, I think they just picked the safest way and went exactly by what the rule book said. Uh, the best team in the conference gets the head coach, and then if the best team in the conference is the same as the best team the prior year, then it goes to the second best team because the same head coach can't coach it two years in a row. So I think they just went as close to the rule book as possible. That's why Tyron Lue got it and Greg Popovich. And uh, I think it, I think that caused the least backfire out of anything. Andrew, we got we got All Star Game reserves uh, that are coming out tonight. Um, do you have your All Star Game reserves? I'm going to give mine real quick before I, I let you talk a little bit because these are who I think is going to come out. I have seventeen seven guys in the West, seven guys in the East. My seven guys in the Western Conference that should come out as as uh, as, as reserves. These are no brainers. These two. Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, no debate. They're they're in. They if they're not in, I won't watch the All Star Game. It's that simple. Um, CP3 should be in. Damian Lillard should be in. James Harden should be in. Anthony Davis should be in. And then this is where it gets debatable. My last one. I'm saying Clay Thompson just because he's on the Warriors and they're playing really well. But I wouldn't be upset if they picked Tim Duncan. I wouldn't be upset if they picked um, if they picked uh, Dirk Nowitzki, if they picked Rajon Rondo, if they picked even Blake Griffin. I don't think Blake Griffin's going to get in now, considering his broken hand. Obviously, he won't be playing. But if they picked him, that wouldn't shock me. Um, but Rajon Rondo, Dirk, Duncan, I wouldn't be upset if they picked either of those over Clay Thompson. But those other guys, Draymond Green, Cousins, uh, CP3, Lillard, Harden, and Davis, Anthony Davis, they should all be in, in the West and in the East. If these three guys aren't in the aren't in the All Star game, I'm not going to watch. John Wall, Jimmy Butler, Andre Drummond. If they're not in the All Star game, I won't watch. Period. Like I, I I won't watch. I will not. I will boycott. And I'm and I love the NBA. I I swear. I I can't have these guys who are auto, who should be automatic All Stars not in the All Star game. If they're not starting, that's fine. That's a fan based thing. I can't control the fans. But if those guys aren't in, if, if Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, Jimmy Butler, and Andre Drummond aren't in the All-Star game, I will not watch. It's that simple. And then my other guys are DeMar DeRozan, Pau Gasol, Isaiah Thomas. And then I'm, I'm tossing a coin on this one. Either it's Reggie Jackson or Chris Bosh. It's one of the two. If one of the two get in, one of them is going to get snubbed. It's going to happen. But I think that should be the case um, in the Eastern Conference. And if Paul Millsap doesn't get in, that sucks. But honestly, I mean, if you had to pick one hawk, he'd be the guy. But outside of that, it's up in the air if he gets in or not because the Eastern Conference is loaded when it comes to all-star picks. Uh, Andrew, who do you think is going to get in? Yeah, I have to do this quick, and then i got to get back to work. But uh, in the West, no first of all, if Tim Duncan makes the all-star team, I won't watch. Okay? Yeah. Uh, he, doesn't get the, he doesn't get the I announce my retirement thing because he didn't announce his retirement. Who knows? He might play 10 more years. Uh, but I'm with you. DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, got to be in there. Uh, Chris Paul has to be in there. Uh, Anthony Davis, even though he's a little China doll, I'd still put him in there. Damian Lillard has completely carried his team. Um, yes. Let's see. Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Uh, how, James Harden. Uh, James Harden, of course, averaging a triple-double his last five games. And then my final guy in the West, who might shock people, but I think it should should definitely happen, is C.J. McCollum. Uh, yes, 21 points a game, four assists, four rebounds. That guy's an all-star. He's putting up Jimmy Butler numbers. He's not playing the defense yeah. Jimmy Butler, but offensively. And then in the East, Andre Drummond's got to make it. John Wall's got to make it. Um, I wish Dwayne Wade was closer to a reserve and Jimmy Butler was starting because it's really yes. disappointing. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Paul Gasol made it in. He's been playing fantastic. Uh, that mid-range yeah. is just automatic. 
Um, and then it's going to come down to Reggie Jackson or Isaiah Thomas as that last spot, whoever uh, whoever Tyron Lou likes the most. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, see, that's the funny part. Okay, Andrew, get back to work, man. I know, I know you want to stay what on. What is it? I know. All right, man. I'll keep All right, man. All right, have a good day. All right, he's a busy man. Busy man, Andrew. All right, episode 60 here on the Hooper's Log. Okay, we, we, we went past our half-an-hour mark, so we'll be on for another 10 minutes. There's a couple more things I want to talk about before we get out of here. The ratings are down in the NBA. They're down by 20% over the last year and a half, two years. Um, interesting to note, obviously, the NBA signed a new TV deal with ESPN and, and uh, all these other uh, stations, obviously, NBA TV, all these other uh, stations that they've signed. The interesting nugget is that the ratings have been down 20, 25%. And here's my reason. And, and I've heard a lot of other reasons. Reason being, there's not a, there's, there's not a, uh, a compelling story. There's no conflict. There's no uh, superstars that are, that are, that are, there's no, there's no rivals. There's no, con, there's no, there's no hatred in the NBA. There's no this, there's no that. Here's my take on why there's, the ratings are down. And I know this is kind of an, a minority perspective, but I think it makes sense when you really start to think about it. When Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were, were great, what, 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 uh, what markets were they in? Boston, L.A., two of the top markets in the NBA. Where was Michael Jordan? Chicago. He was in Chicago. Uh, where was Kobe? In his, I mean, he's still in L.A., but where's Kobe? And now that we're in a state of transition, where is Kobe? He was in L.A., that was when the league was great. Shaq was in the prime markets, L.A., Miami. He was in Orlando for a bit. Obviously, he went to other places by the end of his career, but in his prime, he was in the big markets. Where's Tim Duncan been in his career? San Antonio. He is a legend, but he was in San Antonio, not the highest of places to watch basketball, and not really the most fun to watch, and they're not the most entertaining team to watch in the NBA, but yet they're one of the greatest teams ever. Um, you know, where, where, where does LeBron James play now? Now, the last four, four, five years when he was in Miami, the, clearly the ratings were skyrocketing because he was a villain. He was in a prime market. He was in a big-time market. He was in a fun place to go watch basketball. That was prime television. But the reason the ratings have been down since he went to Cleveland, that's the point. He went to Cleveland. Not a high, not a high ratings bonanza place to go. Now, if he would have gone to Chicago, the league would be skyrocketing with ratings. I can guarantee you, high market, high amount of people, high high traffic when it comes to viewing, that would have happened. It's not happening because he's in a low market place. It's just how it is. Yes, he's back home. He's on a mission to win the title, but he's not in a place where the market's gonna gonna really stir itself up. The Knicks, they have been bad the last two or three years. And, yeah, they're finally starting to come around with this Chris Stapps Porzingis. But overall, outside of having Carmelo Anthony, they're unwatchable, really. They're not a good team. They're, they're average at best. At best, on 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 an average day, they're below average. You know, they're, they're not a good team. But they're in the top market in the NBA. The Nets are terrible, and they play in Brooklyn, and they should be a high market team, but they're not because, they, because they're not good. Philadelphia is one of the top five markets in the NBA. Look how they've been, 7-40. Uh, the L.A. Lakers are a mess, and Kobe Bryant is on his literally on his last legs about to leave, and that team is in a state of transition, and who knows where they're going to be. The Lakers stink, so that's another reason why it's down. Uh, the Clippers have been a clown fest so far this season with what they've done, and they're, they're still one of the better teams in the NBA, but they're still a clown fest. They're not, they're not Oklahoma City, San Antonio, or Golden State, and that's the other point, too. 
the top teams in the NBA, San Antonio, Golden State, and this is no knock on Golden State because they're the best team in the NBA, and I won't, it's not even a debate. San Antonio is a top three team in the NBA. They're in one of the bottom ten markets. Uh, Golden State is in, a, is in a top ten market, but they're not the top market. They're like a they're like a they're like a ten. They're like they're like a eight or a nine market. They're like in the they're like in the bottom ten, if that makes sense. They're not a high marketing team. And then you got the Cleveland Cavaliers, where they're also in the bottom ten markets, or at least in the bottom fifteen markets. They're not that high when it comes to markets. So what I'm trying to get at is there's no really key players, major uh, and then the other factor is, is that obviously the best teams are the, the least, not the least marketable, but they're less marketable than the, than the, the, the Lakers, the Knicks, the, the high marketing teams in the NBA. They're not there. But the teams with the, also the teams with the best players, they're not high markets. Kevin Durant, Oklahoma City is a bottom five market. If they were in Seattle, it would be a whole different ballgame. I mean, I feel like the NBA would have way higher ratings because they'd be in Seattle. No one's watching basketball in Seattle. No one's watching the NBA in Seattle. No one really cares about the NBA in Seattle anymore. It's completely left the, the hemisphere from here. It's been almost 10 years since the NBA was here. No one cares. No one cares. I talk about the NBA here. I live out here near Seattle, and no one cares. No one. I'm really the, in the minority of people who really, really love the NBA out here in this Pacific Northwest because it's, it's just it's gone. Kevin Durant's out in Oklahoma City. No one's really talking about Oklahoma City outside of Oklahoma. The, the 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 NBA uh, the NBA is turning more and more into baseball if that makes sense baseball is a regional sport the NBA wants to be global and international and if anything it's the most international sport out of the big three in in the NFL and Major League Baseball now Major League Baseball obviously is international from the standpoint of its players international but when it comes to uh, popularity and, and interest the NBA is way more popular international as a league than baseball and uh and the nfl it just is and from that perspective the ratings are down because the nba is turning more and more regional than it is international when it comes to where the fan bases are watching no and and, and then i think another factor is the way the warriors play they're an unbelievable team i will never knock how good they are but this team is quote unquote they're, they're they're so great that they make the game almost boring to watch because they're that good. They have figured it out. They have figured out the Rubik's Cube, which I've heard from other, other radio stations, and I'm not going to take the credit for that. But it's true. They're hard to watch because they're so good at what they do. And it's, it's awesome to watch them go through what they're doing now and get better and be great. I love it. But I can see how the average fan would say, man, that's, that's the same old, same old. Nothing's changed. Nothing's great. There's no, there's no this. Everyone's a good guy. There's a lot of factors into why I think the ratings are down, and I think one of the main ones is because there's no major key players in big-time markets. you got Jimmy Butler in Chicago. That's outstanding, but he's not a superstar. You've got uh, Blake Griffin and, and Pierce Paul and all these guys, but that's the secondary market team in, the, in, in, in L.A. in the Clippers. That's not the best market team in the Lakers. There's no major superstars in the Lakers outside of Kobe. But they suck, and so it doesn't. So there's a lot of factors in the why the ratings are down. But I think it's because honestly, there's no key players in market and in, in big time markets outside of Carmelo and Kobe. It's really that's it, and those aren't even the best players anymore in the NBA. They're just not. They're good scorers, but they're not. not nothing else they really can really contribute. So that's why I think the ratings are down in the NBA. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is three two three six four two one five five eight. If you'd like to jump in and call in real quick and talk about it, okay. So the All Star Rising Stars uh, Reserve or All Star Rising Stars 
uh, team was announced. I think the main thing about this game that will be on a Friday, February 12th, we won't do a show that day. The best thing about this game is the fact that I think we're going to see Andrew, we're going to see Carl Anthony Towns and Chris Stapps Brzingis face against one another in the Rising Stars Challenge. That's the most thing I'm I'm interested to watch. Obviously, Jalil Okafor and Nerlens Noel are there. Probably the most interesting game they'll be in all season long. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jordan Clarkson, a lot of young guys from from big markets will be in this game. It's going to be a fun one to watch, and that will be going on February 12th. The rosters were announced. Go check it out online if you can by now. Um, also, in the world of college basketball, let's get to that before we get out of here. College basketball, Texas A&M lost to Arkansas last night, 74-71 to 71 in Arkansas. They're now 7-1. and one. Texas A&M is in the, in the SEC, 17-3. I don't think they'll drop too far back in the rankings coming up next week, but they'll be right there. Let's preview the NBA before we get out of here. Also, a big-time NCAA scoreboard night tonight. Iowa at Maryland, the Big Ten on ESPN, 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, number three, Iowa at number eight, Maryland, a big-time Big Ten matchup. I, I'll probably tune into that one just to keep on track. And then, obviously, the other game on ESPN, two, ESPN, three, Pac-12 matchup, number 23, Oregon at number 18, Arizona. Should be an outstanding game to watch there. In the NBA, we got five games tonight going on. We got, uh, obviously, a TNT Thursday. Not the best of matchups in the NBA this, uh, t- this uh, tonight, but I think the most intriguing game is to watch the Bulls and Lakers. That'll be fun. From a standpoint of watching Kobe play the Bulls, it's always fun to watch those guys play. Hawks and Pacers will be on tonight. Pacers are favored by three. Take them. They should get the victory there. Nuggets play the Wizards. Excuse me, there are six games in the NBA tonight. Uh, Nuggets play the Wizards. Wizards are favored by six and a half. Take the Nuggets. They always play well when they're the underdog. Knicks and Raptors uh, on TNT. Uh, Clearly, the Raptors are the second best team in the NBA or in the Eastern Conference. My apologies. And uh, 30 and 15, they should extend that. They're favored by 9.5, take the 9.5. They're in Toronto. They'll get it done. Bucks and Grizzlies. Grizzlies are favored by 5. Take the Grizzlies. They're a better team tonight. Uh, Kings and Pelicans, uh, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, obviously a big-time matchup to watch there. If you want to check that out, seriously, go check it out on NBA TV. Excuse me, not on NBA TV, but on uh, NBA League Pass. That's a big one to watch there as the Pelicans try to make themselves relevant, getting back to the playoff conversation. The Kings are trying to get back into the playoff uh, situation there. Sacramento's favored by three and a half. Take Sacramento. I think they'll get the victory, and I think they'll take the points. But it should be a fun one to watch there with DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. Bulls and Lakers, last game of the night on TNT. Uh, Bulls favored by eight and a half. I think they're going to win by 15. It's going to be a dominating fest there. But it's going to be fun to watch Kobe and those young guys play in L.A. So that's kind of your preview for tonight. Obviously, games over the weekend. Uh, If you haven't heard by now, obviously the NBA is turning into this premier uh, thing going on tomorrow. There's no games on on ESPN as they'll be on NBA TV. And uh, on Saturday, there's a lot of basketball. ABC, Spurs at Cavs, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. I will be glued to my television watching that one. That should be a really, really good game to watch. Obviously, on a non-football weekend, I would tune in to watch that one as well. And then in college basketball, obviously tonight there's some ranked games, um, but on Saturday there are some unbelievable matchups. You got Virginia at Louisville, Xavier at DePaul, Iowa State at Texas A&M. That's a huge, huge non-conference game um, there. And then you got uh, then you got Oklahoma, LSU, Ben Simmons versus Betty Heald matchup of the night. Obviously, right before you have Spurs and Cavs, and then Kentucky, Kentucky, Kansas is always a big one. Um, there's a lot of basketball coming up this weekend. And obviously as the NFL starts to fade itself out and once the Super Bowl goes away, it's, it's all basketball from here on out once the NFL uh, ends and it gets it going. Speaking of uh, news before we head out, 
Shaq is potentially going to get a statue outside of Staples. I want to see that. I want to see that whenever I go to L.A. He is definitely the greatest center, in my opinion, of all time. Not, not, not to knock Kareem or Wilt, but honestly, he was the most physically imposing center I have ever seen in NBA history. So we got about a minute left. Got about a minute left on the show. Again, episode 60 is in the books tomorrow. Episode 61, night show, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific here on the Hooper's Log. Episode 61, we'll, t- we'll break down FanDuel, we'll break down what to expect for the weekend. It's going to be a fun one, and obviously I'll call in and I'll probably talk about the All-Star Game Reserves that will, will be announced tonight. Thank you again for listening, and hopefully, hopefully tomorrow's show will be outstanding. Tune in, it'll be a late night show, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, Episode 61. Episode 60 is in the books. Enjoy the basketball tonight. It should be a fun one. Definitely tune into that college basketball as it starts ramping up and they start going for the journey, for the journey. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday, and I'll see you on Monday uh, as I host the show on episode 2 on Monday. Have a good night, everybody.